That's right. That something wasn't right. We're back, everybody. Again. One more time. It's hard not to just listen to the whole song. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh. We're back, everyone. We're back. Prod Pod in the mix. I'm James, one of your hosts. I'm Brandon. Hey. hey. And I'm Corey. And we're back with the Max Martin episode. Yes, we are. Ba- dot, dot, dot. Ellipsis. Baby one more time. <laughs> yes, as many yes. people refer to it as. Uh, <laughs> The ellipsis song is how I. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. What, what? Everyone had always, that same reaction. I don't know. <laughs> I've always known that about you, James. Uh, uh, yep. Ellipsis, baby. One more hey, time. One that's more what time. That's what it's called. <laughs> Not as catchy. Not as catchy. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, welcome, yes. any returning members of the Proud Pod gang. Um, we are moving Gee. on from. Barry Gordy, Motown land, uh, Hitsville, uh, to somebody with alliteration, a part of his name, which I think is fun. Max Martin. You wonder if it's even his real name because it's just too, it, it rolls off the tongue too easily. Uh, he has essentially created <laughs> our childhood <laughs> uh, music culture in between all of us, I feel like, but um yes. I, it's hard I'm to get too ahead of myself. How the hell are you guys doing today? Dude, I'm doing fucking ripping good. Ripping I'm excited good. about the, about this yeah. app. This has been uh, such an enjoyable time to get ready for. Yep. I agree today. I am doing good. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long Yesterday, time. Not so much, but today we're good. <laughs> how has, how, good is, uh, how has been day. listening to like Max Martin and doing your, uh, you call it research, but then we've joked about even uh, Corey, we were, we were talking about it. Like we could have recorded an, a, an episode the day after, and at least had a fair yeah. amount to say, because all of these songs that he has had a huge hand in creating, uh, we all know kind of like the back of our hands and just have or just been a, a part of us for such a long time. Um, yeah. that it's, it's been fun listening through them again but also it's it's uh it's like riding a bike a little bit you know it was almost shocking when i just i just casually like pulled up a a spotify playlist of max martin stuff and i knew that he like had his hand in so many hits over the years but i was just like oh my god like is there anything that was like a smash hit in the last 20 years that he didn't produce <laughs> And I'm sure there are, but it it was like incredible how many just absolute bangers that he has helmed. And a pretty broad scope of different people that he's worked with and within the albums that he's had, maybe he doesn't do every song, but the songs that he usually is involved in are the best songs (laughs) and and the bangers and the ones that come through the most. And Uh um, he is somebody that has 25 billboard hot 100 number one singles. 
um, to his name and what it, I, I believe it's only John Lennon, and Paul McCartney that, uh, You're right. Yeah, correct. Yeah, he's he's third, and above him are Paul and John. <laughs> That's yeah, and Insane. another Mar- and another Martin George uh, right. Martin, um, tied <laughs> tied with them 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 Beatles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he it's nice. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> I like it. Uh, but where to begin with him? We just played Hit Me, yeah, Ellipsis Baby one more time. I, I that would be his first 1998 Billboard Hot 100 number one single. He is a very elusive fellow. Uh, yeah, he did this master's class kind of interview that I watched where he referred he talked about the making of that song coming to him in a dream uh, and having a little recorder mm-hmm. on the bed stand next to him and talking about forcing himself to get up and record it and talking about how, if you don't do that, then it's, you're just going to lose it forever. Cause you always think like when you wake up, then I'll remember it and you never do. Never do. Um, and he's a funny guy. He's just talking about like very sleepily singing like, hey, baby, one more time. It was, it was pretty good. And he's just a uh, matter of fact, he's humble and uh, a interesting guy to, to hear uh, talk, but you just don't see you don't see him out very much uh, talking about his his life. Um, do you guys remember where you were? Uh, Nineteen ninety eight, Britney Spears hearing that song at all? Or uh, no, I just I feel, it's so, so much of his music I remember being associated to uh, time spent at the mall. You know, during that age, and it would play stores and play in the gym, like food court essentially, and um, it was it's so integral to you know, coming of age, my, yeah, like young adulthood, really, Mm -hmm. really uh, important stuff for me. Yeah, I agree about the malls, but I, for like specifically when baby one more time came out, I think that was like pre mall for me at least because I was like, would have been like eight. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure I had been to the mall, been to a mall, but I don't, I, when I, remember Britney Spears and like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC having their first like huge wave I guess I remember just hearing it on uh TV I I guess I don't know if it was MTV but it was like I just remember like I remember like having my parents like record um like on a V8 like on tapes like Oh, when they would make a, make a TV appearance, like all those teeny bopper artists, but they would uh, record it like, for uh, you. Yeah. Like, like what a I, sweethearts. Oh my God. And so they would just be like, we think Corey's going to like this or no, or no, I would, oh. I would ask that once I figured out like who oh, these you were asking, were, Oh my I was God, like, Hey, on. can you help me figure out how to watch this? You know? Sure, absolutely. But, but yeah, yeah, that was my first, um, I mean, I, just remember feeling like when I first heard like, yeah, this song in particular is like, Oh shit is all over, you know, like I, yeah. I, I gotta, I gotta hear more stuff that sounds like this, you know, cause for, yeah, like an eight, nine year old kid, that is like the poppy. It's like pure, just pop yeah, perfection. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it's yeah, and almost kind of uh it's in kind of a minor key, right? It has, it has mm-hmm. those kind of minor key elements, which I think he 
weaves into his music in in a fun way and that kind of almost dark piano yeah. note at the beginning uh is, is something that he's he talks a lot about simplicity in his production um and the idea of getting straight to the point you know a little bit at the at the beginning and mm-hmm. um hooking people quick which was we talked a lot about in motown and barry gordy of, co- of course and i'm sure he's taking yeah. a lot of notes from that um and also Prince was a, a big influence of his that, that he's talked about and some of the song structures that he would use. Um, but even with that, he would, he, he, he said that he wouldn't want to add a lot of parts, you know, like three part three parts, maybe four is what he said. And, and it's, hmm. it makes it so, I, I find like a lot of freedom in those limitations, especially as an artist, like a, an aspiring sort of just even in my own little world as, as a hobby um, and seeing someone really apply those limitations to themselves and, but still finding ways to find inspiration in the weird aspects of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's kind of been his mantra. It sounds like it's s- simple, but unique at the same time and finding that balance between the two. Um, but Overall, I think, yeah, well, as we listen to some more music, I'm sure there's going to be some commonalities and some um, some sort of stuff that we can we can point to that that is uh, similar across the board. But early on in his career, I, yeah, we were trying to figure out how to talk about this. And I guess more a little more chronological would be good, too, in his career. And he starts working with Backstreet Boys right at the at the beginning here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he had worked with he was like in a band and had worked with a couple of people before, but mm-hmm. I feel like it was mainly like kind of mainly Swedish people. Right? I saw that he was in a, a glam rock band as a teenager mm-hmm. uh, called. We have the, I, I haven't heard what they sound like, but it, they're called it's alive, which I thought is a fucking cool band. name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <that is laughs> for a glam rock outfit too. But, uh-huh. um, but yeah, I, I didn't know that about him. I, I thought that was cool that he started off like, as a as a musician and mm. then just kind of it was kind of unclear um where he got into producing but it seemed there's a quote from him that says like um for the first like two years that he kind of worked as a as an apprentice to a at a studio or something he didn't even know what a producer did and wow. he was just like just kind of soaking it all in and then at one point everything just kind of clicked and yeah became little little max martin is that was, kind of kind of what happened with um todd as well is he was like working in studios started, yeah kind of yeah. started there yeah yeah but i think he like know how to the to the operation uh he was more like a almost like a child prodigy sort of in a way mm, mm-hmm. but if it seemed it, maybe uh max martin's just being you know humble or something but he basically said like yeah i had i had no clue what i was doing (laughs) and then i guess and it was funny too reading about how he got that name because max martin's not his his real name only only his middle name is martin carl martin sandberg yeah right but i guess unless i read this wrong but i read something about like he what he was like a co-producer on on a track in his early days and whoever um he was with just kind of put made up that name and and put it on the the label and was like yeah 
this guy's Max Martin. And he was just like, oh, okay, I guess. Like, <laughs> he, he didn't come up with it himself. He just kind of had to go with it. But I thought that was kind of Martin funny. dropped out of high school to pursue a career in music with his band under the name Martin White. In 1988, It's Alive participated cool. in Rock SM, a nationwide talent contest, and had a res- res- residency at a nightclub in Cyprus. The band got a breakthrough in 91 as Dave Constable of Mega Rock Records offered them to make a demo record. The later debut album was originally pressed in 1,000 copies late and later on a given away as a free cover tape in the UK by the Metal Forces magazine. Ooh. And then the decision to focus on a music career paid off as they landed a record deal on producer Dennis Pop's label, Sharon Records, a BMG affiliate. Um, yeah. Dennis Pop, uh, uh, that's that's got so much going on in that name where there's a Z in there and then the second P in Pop is capitalized. Oh boy. A lot, uh, a very extra name. Yeah, the yeah. Z, the Z, it just Z. looks so cool. Uh, yeah. And at the end, this is just Wikipedia. This is my lazy research. But more importantly, though, Martin also began collaborating on songs with Pop, recognizing a talent for writing pop songs in The Young Rocker. Pop renamed his new protege, Max Martin, and eventually became Martin's mentor. Yeah. And then he was hired by Sharon Studios and spent some time learning the basics um, under, yeah, under his tutelage. And I I believe he dies sometime in the 90s, which was like a big... Mm. Uh, big deal for him died of cancer in 98 of the summer of 98 and then martin martin takes over as director of sharon studios um yeah started working with writer producer rami yakub yeah and that mm-hmm. was around the time that uh the first backstreet boys came album came out or this yeah is, right, right, is right around there uh what is it sharon studios is the one that was hired to work on the yeah, yeah. Okay. The Backstreet Boys stuff. Yeah. And then, yeah, 90, 97, I think, was. Is that the debut of uh, every. Yeah, Backstreet's Back, everybody, uh, 97. Mm-hmm. Um, not. Yeah, and that was released in US 97, I think a little bit earlier in Europe. And then in that same year, he co wrote and co produced uh, Robin's hits Show Me Love and Do You Know What It Takes. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, I mean. Should we do Backstreet's Back? Show me love. Yeah. I mean, Backstreet's Back. Oof, I mean, Backstreet's yeah. Back has has what you were talking about with kind of the minor key ominous like feel. Um, I remember being like a little tiny bit scared of the music video for this song when it first came out because it's it's like yeah. a thri- it's like a thriller. Um, mm, like homage. Is this, and, yeah, they're, they're oh like, yeah, and they're like the haunted house. house. Yeah, there's like werewolves involved. Yeah. yeah. But this, this is, it's kind of, I don't, it, on its own, it doesn't seem like too spooky, but it's definitely got like some added, like, it's not super, like, just lighthearted, you know? Got some it, swagger. Yeah, oh, it's funky, and I, I agree. There's, it's almost subliminal. Yeah, yeah. Some of some of his shit, and I think that's a right. pop song. Sometimes does have that that baseline is just driving yeah, it in, in a way that. And then when they do the, yeah, it's uh-huh. like ooh, that's, I don't know, it's a little, it's a little creepy. And then they say sexual. Yeah, man. The Backstreet Boys were such a good move. They were a little more bad. Not only do they sing the word sexual, but the way that he pronounces it and enunciates it is like 
it is so unmistakable that that's <laughs> that's what he's saying right there. i wonder if there's a term like everything drops out you you say the word like it's meaning oh onomatopoeia kind of yeah that's what is, I was is that what that is oh yeah. when a, well that's when like a word sounds like what it is a little bit right oh okay um yeah what was that oh i, I was gonna say that I think, and I think he talked about this in that interview as well, where they played Let's Go Crazy by Prince. And he talks about the Prince, what does he say? The Prince rule or the Prince structure of a song mm-hmm. um, where you start the song, I believe is how we put it, but like with the chorus essentially. And so when the chorus comes back, it's like you already already know it. And uh, God, that is so much of a, modern music now. Is, a, is lot that, of, uh, <laughs> is a lot of Motown uh Barry Gordy kind of took that definitely uh definitely, to heart yeah. too. and I mean there's Beatles like uh She Loves You is a good example of that where just hits you with the chorus right away. Yeah. But yeah. But and it's I like how and he and he mentioned as well where it, it will he'll bring the verse back or in later on as well and it'll be the same exact first verse. But it it'll sound a little different as well. And that idea of, yeah, simplicity, but also variation within that. And he'd say with like a mm-hmm. rhythm, rhythmic sort of verse or or whatever, like you would kind of refrain on the next section or vice versa. And it wouldn't really stay the, the same way that whole time. And even that little bit that we heard, it was acapella breakdown. And then, oh, my God, we're back again. And then like breaks out again and then goes right. into that fucking sick bass line. And then that goes away. Like so much happened even in that small small section right there but it was uh, it's a it's a great balance of like it's like uh give it like repetition and giving you because you need repetition in a pop song structure but also tweaking it a little bit so it can still surprise you and catch you off guard which that's just like a match made in heaven if you can do that effectively and that kind of is is what he was talking about in his polar award interview where like the toolbox like the the right um but he like a producer has a toolbox so you 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 are presented with like not problems but like the you know the song starts in one way and in order to like yeah it, it if you know something is too repetitive or needs to change in a particular way there is rules that you apply to it and but his point mainly was that He's not like pop songs aren't so like mathematical uh, mathematical or so like straightforward chemistry. Mm-hmm. It still fundamentally starts with feeling and emotion um, and just kind of combating that, like, you know, kind of cr- criticism a little bit, but just saying like, yeah, you know, I will, ha- you know, be with a song. And then in order to get it to the place that I want it, I will apply these rules that are these understood rules and there, which is, yeah, exactly. I really like that when he was talking about that as well. And he was he was saying he, that producers and musicians will have a bag of tricks or tools um, in those moments of of writing and you and you hit kind of a dead end or something. Then you can kind of you go through your, your tricks and kind of figure out a way to push through, um, but still resonating on that element of being able to be surprised by something weird and unexpected and incorporating that as well because i think mm-hmm. yeah if it is mathematic and and so uh by the books and it's not gonna have any sort of human sort of uh touch that makes it 
palatable and, and fun. I, I, I don't know. in in a way that's exciting, like you were saying, Corey, and, and un, almost unexpected too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I think he's constantly trying to do that, uh, as time goes on throughout his career and, uh, how ubiquitous all of his songs are in such a broad amount and the scope amount of time is, is amazing. Um, I'll do a little bit of uh, show me love just to sample of that I've been such a cool artist very 90s those like horn hits mm-hmm. and those like kind of was it is it kind of slappy bass it's a little it's a little slappy but i would i was gonna bring up the bass uh since you mentioned it on that last track uh-huh. his the way that he uh like produces bass sounds is so like they're so huge it, it's like it, it doesn't sound like oh this is just a bass part it's like this is a whole like wall of you know they're very melodic too which is helpful but I feel like that's kind of a signature element of his sound is the bass production. And and clean and digestible and you can remove all the parts in your mind and put them yeah. in, and then, yeah, and yeah. then like and then mix it together as well and, and it sounds great all mixed together but it almost uh, has like a like a it's like another mo- melody or like a vo- like a vocal quality to it like it really pushes the melodic parts of the song to the forefront Absolutely. while still being still being rhythmic and stuff too but and i think that's you know. his strength throughout his career but his ability to highlight female vocals in in particular in pop songs and of course you know the backstreet boys and nsync and harmonies and and having all those guys stand out from each other and and have their different parts is very difficult as well but I will yeah. always think of a lot, a lot of his female vocalists, of course, Britney Spears and Katy Perry and for better or worse, sorry, I'm just not the biggest pink fan, but yeah, neither uh, am I, man. I get yeah, it, but we'll, you know, we'll get there. And, um, yeah. and Taylor Swift, of course, which is, I've, I've been listening to a lot of Taylor Swift and even Adele. Same lately. Um, yeah. Cause the what speak now just came out. Have you, you've been listening to that. We've talked about it. Right? Uh, yeah, a little bit. That's the, the new Taylor's version. Mm-hmm, yeah yeah um yeah i was that's and then uh, i mean she, and she just came out with midnights not too long ago either and uh i we've already been doing getting ready for this podcast so i was already kind of going through uh her stuff but i mean that's 1989 and i'm excited to get there as as well which is a, a big deal for him and her um yeah. but yeah i mean that's britney spears and backstreet boys i mean we can stay in there in Britney Spears and Backstreet Boys land a little bit. If you guys want to hear any, hear any other ones, he uh, wrote, co-wrote and co-produced seven out of the 12 songs on the Backstreet Boys third album, Millennium, a seismic wow. album. Massive. A si- yeah. Yeah. That's massive. A massive. Album. Huge. Yeah. Like that was, Huge. and we were talking about, you know, like our memories of first listening to Britney Spears. And for me, I remember getting my first little, uh, stereo and like it was like a cool like blue color almost like a those old imax or something 
and oh, like kind of see through, yeah. little see through, uh-huh. and, and getting that that album putting it in. It was just so cool, like blast music in my own room, and uh, oh yeah, not the best. And then I look at the lyrics and trying to sing along terribly and and all that shit. But Ugh. very easy to remember all the lyrics, and you go to school the next day, and you'd be singing them with your friends. And I mean, if even if I could share another anecdote, um, my the private school I was going to in uh, Riverside, California. Uh, for whatever reason, we had an amphitheater there that was like next to like the playground that we'd all play in. Whoa, cool! Um, and they would open it up for us just to go out and hang out in, and it was like shaded, and there was like you know seats, and we a lot of people just sit there and eat lunch and hang out. But there was a period of time they would just be blasting music, and it would be Backstreet Boys and like in sync and stuff, and we'd all go there and just that sounds so cool. And we, just, and we would just dance to like Backstreet Boys. And so this was like ingrained oh in me like very early because uh, that was just like something that we would do during recess was go and dance. And that was like a really, uh, really fun That's thing fantastic. to do as a, as a, as a kid. And then oh we had God, our, yeah. whatever the programs every year. So each, each grade would have a song they'd do a dance to um, like for Christmas. Oh. Yeah. And so, and all the parents would come out and we'd all like have like be the fourth graders have a song. And then, the eighth graders always got a cool song because it was a K through eight uh, mm. private school. And I was in fourth grade. Michelle, my sister, was in eighth grade. Um, she got to do, uh, they got to pick their song and they got to do Larger Than Life oh, for yeah. their song for eighth grade. And Michelle and my sister and her friend Katie got to be like, a part of it at the beginning where they do the <laughs> like evil uh, stuff, right? And they yeah. can't laugh, and yeah, they have this little they have this little move. So that was a little little snippet of uh, of uh, James's life yeah. and everything. But that was just a, a lot of fond memories associated with uh, all this all this uh, uh, Max Martin music. And this starts the album. And this starts and it, the fucking millennium, the new millennium. And it ended uh, James's wedding recently. That's true. <laughs> Interception. Carl's like, ah, I should have picked a different song. <laughs> no, that was that was a great way to go out. <laughs> this has an amazing music video as well. I always had a hard time trying to pick like which guy I wanted to be because they all had. I think Nick Carter had a pretty cool like out, like robot outfit or like armor or something. Who was someone was like surfing in space though? That was cool. I forget. I always I was so obsessed with Backstreet Boys and this album specifically, but I always uh, thought that Brian was the coolest. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, the, you guys I, I, know no, him. No, I right? get it. Yeah, you're talking yeah, about the dark-haired guy. No, he's like the, the he's like the main he's guy. Kind of like he's kind of oh, like brown, yes. oh. brownish blonde. He's kind of short. He's kind of the uh, JT. He looks like a little older than yeah. the other ones, but he just kind of like. I don't know. He seemed like not as crazy as the other guys. He just seemed like I'm just I'm just here to make my music, you know. <laughs> I just remember thinking he was cool. Hell yeah, dude. That's you. Yeah. That's uh, you, I'm, man. I am Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I am Brian. <laughs> um and yeah, I mean we could just keep going through all the all the great Backstreet Boys songs. Um and well, Brand- be, we could be here all day. That could be a whole episode in itself. Oh my goodness. Brandon, I, I, James's story about his uh, elementary school reminded me that when when we were in fourth grade, um, our teacher let us like, do you remember we had like art day on Fridays or whatever? It was like Friday afternoon. We did like some 
project every week and our teacher let us bring in CDs and play them during that time while we were oh, working cool. on our art projects. But oh, I cool. definitely remember this this uh, Millennium album was was a favorite. I think multiple people brought it in. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was huge and i even like the chrome kind of cover and and everything like that was just such a maybe it was a style that was already happening and going into y2k and all that stuff that was just like over oh, in the future now and so there's a lot of chrome and so maybe but i also feel like they pushed that even more like they saw people yeah. would see that cover and think oh yeah that's what the that's what the future, oh, the future yeah. is it was, be. It was future super futury yeah and so it was futury yeah oh. very iconic like when i think of the music around the time of the millennium i mean it's called millennium too like the white 2k album for sure so a lot of people I, are like this could be the last album we ever listened to that ever comes out that'd be all right i think this <laughs> yeah, a good one kind of, and also the sound of that record too because like just the song that we played wow. that like wow wow it's just I, yeah. yeah i don't know it's so um yeah i have such a strong association with that time and <laughs> that aesthetic you know yeah yep i i love the way that max martin speaks about music and a lot of times the same way that he admires simplicity he is kind of simple with how he describes things and when he can't find the right word and it can be very difficult with music i find myself having a hard time too even figuring out genres and what how to describe things but he he described like always liking to have people who sang in a way that was wow and he does that he does that noise he just oh, goes, he does wow. it yeah he does more like wow <laughs> like like it almost sounds like the mars attacks alien yeah like that exactly um thank you max uh Oh, that was quacks, actually. Oh, yes. Quacks. 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 Silly jail. Whoopsies. And James, I think, too, like he, you know, had talked about listening to CCR and uh, like as a kid in Sweden, not knowing English, mm. but knowing what sounds cool. Totally. And not knowing like what oh, the that's... exact words are and having like that being such an informative thing where when he, and he, he even knows that it's kind of a pain in the ass to work with him where he's like, and you kind of brought it mm -hmm. up earlier where he's like making mouth sounds and he's like yeah. write lyrics to these mouth sounds essentially. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he, yeah. And he was saying like, I like when singers sing, I'm going to say, use the word, same word again, but simply when they can sing a, a note, just a note beautifully straight, like simple, but when he's, he admits that it's hard to have a singer do that sometimes because they've worked their whole lives to have this instrument, mm. their their voice, and they want to do these trills and, and different things. But he sure. he likes it yeah. a lot of times when it's just hitting that hitting that note and his little way of he, he says of well well you can sing sing it live and that's his way of getting people not to do it on the album. He's <laughs> like well you can just do that live. Yeah, how funny. <laughs> Yeah, he's a little stinker, too. They're all a little stinker. And yeah, I don't even know what the the dark side of him would be because he is such an elusive fellow. Um, and it's always I think throughout this podcast, I think I am going to be always curious about that with producers of like, what is their exacting side where they're like, no, we got to do it again. We got to do it again. Yeah. And like, how do they get the, down to business? no one has that story about him is the thing. Like no one has a bad story about Max Martin. Everyone has glowing things to say about him. So it's yeah, I don't know. He just yeah. he just might be a consummate <laughs> professional that everybody wants to work with, and that's just the, that's just it. 
Well, I mean, not, that is a why. I mean, God, but what a kind of a rarity, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's such a that's such a great quality. I don't know to <laughs> to have and be. Yeah, you're not great reputation. You're not a, yeah, a megalomaniac. You're just a. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I, yeah, I want to write hit songs and make hit records. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. everybody has has <laughs> fun. It it sounds like, and he he uh, approaches things. He want he tries to keep things new new and exciting. It, it seems like, and tries to be relevant. Um, back, I mean, Backstreet Boys bringing in the new Millennium and Britney Spears. Those are the hottest things at the time, and he's a part of both of them. And Sync as well. Like he crosses the bridge between. Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, and he's involved with both. So he's just, yeah. yeah, yeah. So whatever side you're on, he's just like he's mm, winning. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a yeah, what a puppet master. <laughs> like, oh, no strings attached. That reminds, hey. oh, yeah, Harry. That that reminds me a little bit. I I hadn't thought of it like that, but there's in um, MLB there's this agent. His name's Scott Boris, uh-huh. and he is like all the the superstar okay uh, baseball players get him as their agent because mm-hmm. he's just he's just known throughout the league as like he's the guy that you want to have if you want to hit that like you yeah, know max player. contract so max martin contract, it's, max martin. <laughs> max martin contract. if you're talking max martin you're talking Scott can Moore. i bring it full circle because there's also a guy Jeez. in basketball Hit me, baby, um, one more I, time. This is maybe a stretch, but basketball is essentially every, everything you just said is LeBron's agent. He's his name is Rich Paul. Yeah, you're right. He's, he's yeah. a big deal in the NBA yeah. and and like has all this all the big clients and gives a lot of power to the players to call mm-hmm. the shots and where they want to go. And if they they're unhappy, if they don't want to stay where they're at, uh, Rich Paul is is kind of changed the game in the eight in like yep. sports agency and everything. And guess who's he, who he's dating? Who Adele? Inc? Adele? Ooh. Oh, Adele. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh. I thought you were going to say Max Martin. Max Martin. <laughs> wow. Rich Paul. Oh. Oh. They're together. <laughs> uh, I, would, I would love that. Yeah. Oh, is, is that what they do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, in, we're in love. <laughs> he loves, bas- he he loves basketball, but I love, I love music, but we make it work. <laughs> Uh oh, the mushrooms are kicking. Oh, stop. No, oh, not what true. are you talking about? Um, <laughs> Britain, any, yeah, okay, we did a couple Bangstreet Boy songs. I could, I could go all day, like, uh, Shape of My Heart. Let's, let's Ooh. see, like, yeah, what, what other ones we, we got here? Um, was, I think it was Quit Playing Games with, with My Heart, I, I believe was another one. Um, yeah. it's, uh, yeah. Well, he does. I want it that way too, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. right. That's like the ultimate Backstreet Boys song. Oh, let's listen. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, which one? I want it that way. I want it that way. Oh, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, we can. Yeah, this we can be at this all all day. Uh, because they all rock. They yeah, all fucking all rock. Great. You can't. And you know, I mean, what, it, and no one would even get mad about listening to a podcast where it's just listening to Max Martin. Songs. Well, we're essentially doing that because this is the second song on Millennium, and we already listened to Larger Than Life, which is the first one. <laughs> and what's the third one? Oh yeah, guess what the third one is? Show me the meaning of being lonely. Get well, out of here. That's Sam's favorite song. That's a banger too. 
That guitar. Oh, it's so pristine. You put a millennial in a room and they hear the, I guess anyone, but as a millennial, this, yeah, is, this is special. It forces you to just accept that it's a, you have to sing along. Yeah. I know. Yeah. You just, it's like, yeah, it fills you up. Yeah. I think oh. this this album for sure we've talked about but this song and the music video um i really feel like i watched it just on repeat as a kid just as you know over and over and over um because it yeah it was it was also it felt like one of those cultural moments too that like even my parents probably were like oh that sounds good good. (laughs) like what's that (laughs) <laughs> I'm just imagining them like peeking into your room, being like, oh, "What you listening to? <laughs> what you listening to?" No, I'm pretty sure they all cold. That <laughs> they probably all got really sick of this kind of music, but I don't know. There's something I, about like yeah, this song right. in particular. It feels like it stands up as more of like like larger than life. You could look back and that's a pretty dated like yeah. song. Yeah. Like you could tell that's that's of its era but i don't know i feel like this I music want that is inescapable at this time and i remember even like the feeling in the back of my head when i was so into pokemon and my parents just being like god he's really into mm, yes. this bullshit and just like Sorry, yeah but I'm, you're cool. kind of old enough to be conscious that they're like maybe think you're weird or yeah. something no i like, knew my like, dad was weird. like oh god i gotta take him to this pokemon yeah. movie and he, it's like he fell, he fell asleep and stuff i'm like oh my poor father yeah, yeah, but, but it's I was having I had a great time. <laughs> yeah, because of shit about Pikachu's vacation. I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> but I got my special card. It was it was fun. This is uh, this is all painting a picture of the '90s, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, and then I no, I'd be down <laughs> to in the world of J- a, a little little James. Uh, the James. The James. <laughs> the James. Uh, and ooh, yeah. So I mean, Britney Spears. He. Rowan co-produced Hit Me Baby One More Time for her debut album, the same name. The single single was originally offered to the Backstreet Boys and TLC, though both passed on the song. That's, uh, <laughs> that's That just brings up, like, immediately in my head, like, the world would be a different place if instead of, <laughs> instead of Britney Spears getting that song, if yeah. the Backstreet Boys got it. I mean, that's like a butterfly effect kind of mm-hmm. thing right there. Yeah, it's something that the the character in Men in Black Three would talk about, who can see multiple timelines. Wow! Oh, uh. <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> Sorry, I just sucked the air. Out the wow! <laughs> or perhaps a yeah. Dial of Destiny situation. <laughs> who knows? Remix. That same year, Martin also co-wrote and co-produced the third single, "You Drive Me Crazy." You uh, drive me crazy. crazy. Also a banger. Bang. <laughs> and then by so, 1999, so the album Baby One More Time had sold over 15 million copies in the U.S., certifying diamond Good status. God. Oh my goodness. Also, within a year of its release, Baby One More Time had become the best-selling LP by a teenager in history, selling over 30 million copies 
Martin was the first non-American citizen ever to win Americans were there at the time. (laughs) Prestigious award songwriter of the year. Um, He also won in 2000 and 2001 follow-up records. Oops. I did it again in Brittany. Uh, He co-produced co-wrote and co-produced. Oops. I did it again. Lucky stronger overprotected. And I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. Uh, from 2000, 2001, 2002, the duo ended up parting ways when Spears distanced herself from teen pop. Uh, and then he produced and wrote for her sixth studio album circus, um, co-wrote and produced the t- provocatively titled electro pop song. If you seek Amy, which was chosen by fans to be the third single of the album, then produced the number one hit three for Spears compilation album, the singles collection. Uh, one of the executive producers of, her seventh album, Femme Fatale. Um, so he really was, has been there for her whole career. Yeah. Um, and to have somebody like that who had her troubles and, and people taking advantage of her within the industry and her people not treating her well, uh, throughout her career and have him there throughout it, uh, as it seems like a guiding light almost because it seems like, Oh my she, God. Yeah. yeah. wasn't treated well by a lot of other people. Um, but he's, he seems like someone who's a constant that was a positive in her career. It's, you know, it seems like, it seems like they, they had a good time working together. Uh, this is a quote from her. Martin gets exactly what I'm saying when I tell him what I want and don't want musically, his melodies are incredible and he is always coming up with weird sounds, which I love. There's nobody I feel more comfortable collaborating with in the studio. That's yeah, I always I always kind of associated him with her prim- mm. like that was probably like the number one artist I think of when I think of Max Martin is Britney Spears. Fair. But yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I I completely agree as well cuz yeah, we just talked about him working with both Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, so it's hard to mm-hmm. even decide how you feel about that one. Britney Spears was uh just a huge part of our childhood and even dude, becoming a man, like I don't know, like see, seeing yeah. seeing her oh, in, in, like on the cover yeah. of his albums and everything sure. like that, and she even had her little whatever rivalry with Christina that people yeah. probably just didn't need to push as much as as they did. But um, I just remember it was just such a big deal, and uh, I loved having those physical copies of Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and and Britney Spears and playing them on my on my little stereo in in my room during summertime it's it's the best but i'd like to listen to at least uh one or two more britney songs should we do oops i did it again yeah that's a classic too because i think that one's just like the the kind of cutesy but provocative sort of sort of side of her Mm -hmm. which yeah that's that little max martin's little stinker he's (laughs) mary He's yeah. a merry little prankster. He's in a merry prank. Yeah, a little hammer. Ow. 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 This baseline. But yeah, I mean, it's the same kind of thing where it's just, it's like a, it's just like a throb. It's like a, it's like a stab, you know? Yeah, because there's like big hits and then just like the bass mm-hmm. and the drums just are the steady thing, but then there's like big hits. Yeah, yeah. And some melodic stuff. And cut it! 
instant hit, like instant. Yeah. But I mean, this is just the whole melody of this chorus and even the verses. It's just like vocal melody. I mean, it's just like timeless almost like yeah. absolutely it's like who how did he come up with this shit? <laughs> yeah, seriously because it in his dreams <laughs> yeah while yeah. sleeping that's <laughs> probably it well <laughs> they ask him in that interview about i'm just going to keep referring to that because there, there really isn't much to draw from and there's much give a lot. This, and the yeah. guy asked how he wrote um since you've been gone uh just to touch on that real quick about his his process a little bit um and he was talking about moving to New York uh, with his family. He was referring to that as a time where he wanted to get more of an idea of different types of music and culture and things like that. Cause he's like that damn Pharrell. He just took, blew up my spotlight, man. Um, yeah. But he was there and then he's like, Oh, I wanted to learn how to play a new instrument. So I bought a guitar and went up to my room and was just trying to practice and learn how to play the guitar. He's like, I'm still not a good player. And the ah, man, the guy still says he's not a good guitar player, even though he just I know this so wrote, humble of him. And so yeah, humble, he, he's just like, yeah, you know, I wrote since you've been gone. But what are you fucking, talking about, Max? Suck, whatever, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> you know? you've written some great guitar shit. And that's I Stop mean, that's that. another example, too, where she wins the marriage. That's a huge moment, I think, at that time as well, because I remember being able to stay up late to watch that finale. And that was such a mm. such a big deal for her to win a moment like this and all that stuff. And for her to have a single that hit so big after and be, be actually like a, a great song that has lasted um, when a lot of, Oh yeah. And you wonder if it's like, is it cause it's a great song or that's cause of the time, why a lot of uh, other American idols don't have as much memorable stuff, but it, everything just coalesced in that moment. And I think he uh, played a big hand in making her career. What, what it is, uh, as well yeah you know, and, and who she is and, and coming out of american idol and, and to take that next step uh for the first season with him uh was really cool and for it to be so kind of matter of fact and coming from a place where he's childlike amateurish just playing with a new toy instrument um speaks to the i don't know yeah the beauty of art and uh being able to be open to your those ideas that come through and and catching them when when they arrive um that song, yeah. man, since you've been gone, just like blows the door off the hinges. It, yeah, and then like, good, the, like, uh, so like good. that song in my mind visually is like in a like a, a spoof like movie where the door just blasts off out of it. It is, man. Like, because like, it's, it's got that much kinetic energy coming from it. It's well, insane. it's just when it gets to the the, you know, coming out of the pre-chorus into the chorus it's so genius like every time i hear it it's not lost on me the just cutting everything out but her vocal since you've been gone and then just and then just all slamming in at the same time oh it's fucking so good and this was a song that like this came out when we were in like like high school right so we like had like 2004 we had like you know what we thought was like pretty cool music taste but i remember hearing this and being like this is fucking sick like this is a good song i can't deny yeah even though i'm I'm too cool for pop now but this is this is i'm glad you brought that up because i think also too well i'll let this on play off (laughs) oh no it's no it's it's almost like pop punky it's a little punky. Yeah, it's got like a little like new wavy kind of feel to it. Attitude. Yeah. 
it's very inspired by the pop punk stuff that was becoming really popular. Yeah, like, and I think yeah, that's also to what you were al- alluding to, James, that he yeah. was talking about, is that there was a lot of like not indie rock, but like a, a different style of rock music that was getting really, really popular and mm-hmm. incorporated that into the, his stuff because he's like, well, obviously the kids are really shit. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, let's let me try to f- take a stab at it and figure it out. <laughs> and then him taking a, just a stab <laughs> at something. Just, yeah, just <laughs> right nailed it. Just <laughs> and just completely. <laughs> How about this? <laughs> totally redeemed yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Yeah, no, but, I never. I never uh, what guitar we, play. Oh, I guess I'll try playing guitar and just shit out a hit. Yeah. But what I was gonna say is like that's it's good that you brought that kind of you know being too cool for this pop music because that's totally what's going on right now, and that's almost like what he's talked about in his career of losing, like losing that you know, not being at on the top for a period of time and really needing to mm-hmm. um, like reevaluate, you know, what, yeah, like who he is almost. Cause he talked about during that time too, he had just had the kid yeah, the child, and yeah. he was just, yeah. And there was just, a, you know, a lot going on in his personal life. And then he just seemed kind of like down that he, you know, cause if, I mean, God, if you, that's like Icarus shit where you're like, your highs yeah. are, uh, I have, <laughs> <laughs> three number one singles on the charts every year for a couple of years you're just like yeah I'm, how do you keep I'm, that pace <laughs> that, that is yeah. not sustainable yeah. <laughs> there's no way you can do that i know it's like this the interviewer didn't say this directly but he's like so these few years you know you you took a little bit like things didn't go as well as before and it's like how could they it's like <laughs> yeah. it's almost like no. he was like what the fuck happened it's like come on man like <laughs> he, was, he had how many hits before that you can't keep, keep up with that but then he does he comes back and he just keeps going imagine, like he has a whole nother run you know imagine yeah. too like i mean not that not to downplay you know the amount of hard work and and all that that i'm no doubt that he put in but just imagine it because it seems like he kind of almost got into producing not by accident but just kind of like sort of like didn't see that as like where his life was going as a young adult right Mm -hmm. and then to just kind of like realize like oh shit like this is something that i'm good at and then all of a sudden you're just like the best at it like (laughs) of all time pretty much in your in your lane at least and like, yeah, yeah to have that too. amount validation that you yeah. pick the right thing to do in life and, and just like, and right right away, pretty much like I know he had yeah. his, his learning curve. But once he like really uh, started working with like big artists, it was just like it didn't stop like for what, 20 years or more like <laughs> it's fucking nuts. Like, and I think yeah. that really speaks to him just being a great dude and really nice to yeah. work with again like of course he knows yeah. what he's fucking doing like un- undoubtedly uh-huh. but i think there is a big element of him being very fun and easy to work with and letting sure. people be their be- best selves and in, in a way and getting to the exactly what yeah. idea they're trying to yeah. get to the bottom of um but if and the, but the, if he the, didn't have you know if he didn't have the I mean, yeah that's part of it but if he didn't have the talent or the yeah, you know the ideas too then mm-hmm. it's like you know a lot of people like nice guy, yeah. hanging out with DJ Khaled, but he's not doing anything interesting. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> you know? seem like a nice person to me. I don't so know. I <laughs> well, I mean, maybe so. But so next, know, maybe next a lot of people like we'll be talking about the <laughs> best DJ ever. <laughs> best to ever do it. Major key alert. Um, and I guess, I mean, at this point in his career, it is it is like what you're saying, Brandon, that, that period of time where he's trying to figure things out, having a child. 
Um, you know, I'm seeing here, it's, it, this is kind of where he starts to work with Pink as well. Three Which, songs yeah. on Pink's platinum selling album, I'm Not Dead, including the singles You and Your Hand, Who Knew, and Cause I Can. And then Funhouse as well, he co-wrote the first smash hit single, So What? And the singles Please Don't Leave Me and I Don't Believe You. Um, yeah, there's some Pink songs. I don't know. I, again, I'm not the biggest Pink fan. You guys, I don't, I don't fuck with Pink either. But who knew is a is a great song. Let's, that's a that's kind of reminds me of Since You've Been Gone, but a little more like uh, dejected, a little more like um, not as triumphant. Like fuck you for breaking up with me, but more like I'm sad that you broke up with me. Hmm. But it's got a similar musical vibe with the palm muted guitar and stuff. <laughs> right. You took my but I like this song. I like this Catchy. song too. Yeah, this song's. This is like the only one I like. <laughs> I like her. Is it a VH1 behind the music? She's got a good episode. She oh, really? seems like a cool person. Yeah, she seems cool. I mean, well, yeah, it's, it's a lot about like, her uh, dirt bike, like her relationship with the dirt bike writer. Yeah. Yeah. Carrie Hart. Carrie Hart. Yeah. You? My alter ego. Your alter Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like this one. Okay. I don't think I I realized this is this was Max Martin, but it makes total sense. It's a 21 track album. <laughs> well, that's a greatest hits album. Oh, it is. Okay. Oh, <laughs> these sunglasses are making. <laughs> make it true. That's what I'm gonna blame it on. I like the name. It's called Greatest Hits. Dot dot dot. So far, with <laughs> points. Oh boy, I'm not finished yet. <laughs> Don't count Sorry. me. Yet. Sorry, Pink. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that I mean, that's that. And then he does uh, two songs with Avril Lavigne, "Alone" and "I Will Be," mm. um, which were released on some deluxe editions of Lavigne's third studio album, "The Best Damn Thing." Also worked on four songs for her fourth studio album, Goodbye Lullaby. Three singles, What the Hell, Smile, and Wish You Were Here. Um, oh, what the Hell is good. What the Hell? Yeah, put that one on. That's got like a right. um, bubble bubblegum poppy kind of feel. It's got... Chew. Yeah, it's got a, <laughs> it's got a real big league chew vibe. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> This is just uh, good. Like, I remember uh, this one, too. Just being yeah. like, okay, I can't deny this. Oh, right. Chorus, uh, the chorus is, like, enormous, too. I haven't listened to this song in decades, but immediately I know what the song is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the bass just slides right in. Yeah, it does. I think right here. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh. Oh. That little vocal run too yeah. has this scale. I, it, oh. Gives me chills. Freaking good. This one kind of reminds me, which I think he did this song too, but Call Me Maybe. Um, oh, totally. I, I don't know he did not do that, but. Oh, he didn't. He did, okay. He did not, but yeah, I get what you mean. Oh god. It, it reminds yeah, me right. of some of the similar stuff though. Yeah, uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, and then this is when he gets into the Jesse. Talk, 
Jesse J, Perry. Katy Perry. Yeah, Katy Perry. Period. Yeah, let's talk Perry, man. Oh, yeah, I forgot about her. Well, let's do the Domino. Because I honestly, I thought Domino was a song by <laughs> Katy Perry for a while. Because it just, he, at this period of time and how he's producing Katy Perry, some of the music I could see as interchangeable since, between some of the people he's working with. And being able like, oh, I just wrote the song. Who wants it? Sort of thing. This yeah, could totally. go to like anybody, you know. Yeah, it's, right. This album cover looks like Katy Perry a little bit. I feel uh, like. Who is, is that? Jesse J. Jesse J. Oh, okay. British. British. And I just, I, I guess, I'd always assumed that this song was by Katy Perry, and I never listened to it. Je- like when I listened to Jesse J, she would just always show up at Video Music Awards, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh. Yeah. I don't know who this person is, but I just see her all the time at VMAs. <laughs> and then Pink would go flying into the air doing some sort of oh, circus yeah. or acrobatic <laughs> thing. That's catchy. I don't know if I know this one, but yeah, I think you will when the chorus hits. Oh, okay. Like this is a commercial show. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey. Sounds familiar. I feel like this could totally be a Katy Perry song too. Totally. Yeah. 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 What year? When did this come out? Twenty uh, two thousand eleven. Okay, so this yeah, is, so this would be after Perry. Teenage Dream comes out two thousand ten. <laughs> AP post, post Perry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah on her debut good, album, good. he was did some of the stuff on Katy Perry's debut album, uh, One of the Boys, in two thousand eight. Uh, that had uh, I Kissed a Girl and Hot and Cold. Oof. Big, big song. Mega hit. Big mega, songs. mega hits. Big yeah. songs. Um, even like big, contra- even big, controversial big for I Kissed a Girl, I remember at, at the time. I know, but uh, how was that controversial? <laughs> even at the time. I mean, gay like, rights was, I was, yeah, I know, I was right. Because like, when was gay marriage legalized? What year was that? 2014, something 14? like that. 15. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but it's, in certain places, it's still fucking so pre the pre so that, you know, what I've what I've heard uh, lately is that that song is now controversial again. But the other way around is like it's basically treating like right, like gay lesbian relationships as like a choice or like, yeah, yeah. like, it's you know, like I it. kissed a girl because I thought that guys would like to see me kiss a girl right. or something. Yeah, like no, that. no, totally. Yeah. But, it, it, um, yeah. God, there's a yeah. for that, but yeah, I know what you mean. She kissed a girl. She liked it. It's like pretending, pretending to be gay for like mm-hmm. heterosexual attention or something. But yeah. it's also, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just that simple. It's just so simple as well. And like almost childish and like how the yeah. song yeah. is being, right. uh, being laid out, which is a lot of like Max Martin songs and hot and cold mm-hmm. is a, it's another, it's a fucking, great pop song too. all, the, good one. all yeah, these are, are great pop songs and this is before we even get to teenage dream um which is uh, i'm trying to remember when he starts winning grammys because i believe if he doesn't win he's at least nominated he's nominated he doesn't for, have a grammy at this point yet he's nominated in 2000 for i want it that way for record of the year and song of the year millennium for album of the year nominated for in 2000 not until 2011 is he nominated again for teenage dream doesn't win wow. uh yeah and then he so what did i wonder what i want it that way lost to because that 
seems like that should have wanted <laughs> something. Which that, one? That seems like a real whiff. <laughs> I want it that way. I know. Yeah, what did it lose? Oh, what did it lose to? It's it's uh it's real silly. Um, whatever. T- yeah, two thousand. Uh, and then he wins uh, producer of the year non classical in two thousand fifteen. Uh, mm. he wins album that of the so late in the game. Album of the year for 1989. Best pop vocal album and album of the year for 1989, which is why That's his Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yeah, it's a big deal. Uh, mm. Yeah, and then he. This, I, this can't be right. The, the Santana Rob Thomas song. Oh, no. Song of the year that year. There's no way. Really? I'm, I'm I mean, no, that, 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 song. Song was, that song was also. Is enormous. it smooth? That song? Yeah, yeah smooth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that about it. yeah. There were so Make many just like home. just I, I'm also thinking like Mambo number five came out around that time. Right. Like <laughs> you know, there's, there's so many like just like world like yeah, who let the like there were so many just, like, <laughs> the cultural, song. cultural moments that happened around that time. So Such cheeky shit. Um album of the year 25. Adele's 25. He wins uh album of the year for that as mm. well. So those what those is the, what did that have on it? Like what were the hits on that one? 25. Let's was that uh rolling in the deep? Uh, I want to say yes. Uh no, it's the one before that. Oh. Oh, yeah. I don't what's yeah. on that? hello. It's got oh it's got hello. No, that, I think that's oh after. Yeah, yeah, this is after. Yeah, yeah. 25 sure. has hello. 2015. Oh, 21 would probably be the rolling in the deep. Uh yeah. Yeah. I always think Lionel Richie though. I always think, is it me you're looking for when I when yeah. I when I have to try to remind myself? Um I can see it in your eyes. I gotta try to remind myself. Gotta try to remind <laughs> myself. Just look, time. Peek in your internal. <laughs> figure it out, James. <laughs> going about his day. Figure it out, can you? You're just too big of a Lionel Richie fan to figure it out. <laughs> so fucking. <stupid. laughs> you respect. try and you try. <laughs> just can't do it. <laughs> You'll get it eventually, man. Never. <laughs> never. Um, so what, which Katy Perry song should we listen to? I mean, I mean Oh my shit. God. Yeah. I guess a girl. I mean, teenage dream is teenage, such a, teenage, like my favorite song of hers for sure. Yeah. But that even, that even kind of like reminds me production wise of, um, the, since you've been gone one and, uh, the pink one I was yeah, talking about. Definitely. Yeah. Cause of that guitar. muted guitar song. Yeah. Uh huh. And just, yeah, this is so classic <laughs> it builds in a really great way too yeah it builds. like something gets added each kind of mm-hmm. measure or stanza or whatever that song in drops out and then comes with a usually when it like hits the biggest thing it's always like quietest right before that yeah yeah good technique and then the synths i feel like this is where this is where his synths start to get just brandon we were just talking about the next part of his like how he gets defined because in my mind I, i i i just think of this part of his career past 
the wow 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 mm-hmm. it starts getting, yeah. getting into like really strong like yeah and again like not super messy sort of crazy dancey sense or like not dancey but just like messy but uh dirty but they're just like clean uh fun poppy sense yeah they're clean well, Brandon, and dirty at the same time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the well, basiness we is, yeah. <laughs> More blankets and less blankets. <laughs> at your at your bachelor party, James, Kinder. Brandon and I, we were talking about this song in particular because, Brandon, you mentioned that at first you thought they sounded like guitar, Like a guitar, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, because it sounds like a like an 80s and like anthem like, rock. Yeah. Like an shit. arena rock. Arena mm-hmm. rock. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. It's incredible. I, I love it so much. That's something that he starts yeah. to employ and then people start to seek him out for that sound in their albums. And I think eighties is starting to become something that is nostalgic for a lot of people, uh, leading into, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the 2010s to, to 2020, a lot of people looking at, at the eighties as uh yeah, nostalgic and, yeah, I think yeah. 1989 with Taylor Swift. We mentioned that one being one that he wins the Grammy for, and we'll get into her. But that is very much, yeah, it's trying to bank on that 80s pop sound a little bit too. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this is just like 2008. You know, he gets two Billboard Hot 100s. 2009, he gets two. 2010, he gets three. 2011, he gets three. 2012, he gets three. Like he's just on a roll. 2013, two. 14, two, 15, two, and then 16 and 19 and, and 21, two. It's, it's just like, boom, boom, boom. This, this decade, mind boggling. This, decade, this decade is his and the uh-huh. decade before might as well be too. Like the past 20 <laughs> years, he's just defined uh, pop music yeah. and, and pop culture in, in a lot of ways too. Um, I thought that that was a great Katy Perry song and most people don't even know his name. Isn't that so crazy? Cause I mean, we yeah. do this about producers and, you know, James had mentioned this off pod, but you know, to bring it up is like this, this pod is also just so wonderful as an exercise for us to like figure out these like more unsung heroes in music. Cause obviously, you know, people understand the songs and the records and the, and the artists and whatnot, but rarely do people, uh, familiarize themselves with the producers and he is just such a wonderful example why i bring this up is he defined 20 years of fucking pop music Mm -hmm. and in yeah it's just he's such a huge huge influence on music and yeah most people don't know who he is and i was uh, road testing it just asking our friends and whatnot i'm like do you know who max martin is if i say max martin do you know who that is and um, almost no one knows who that is (laughs) and that's uh when we had this discussion earlier too, it was a testament to why this podcast is a fun one to not only invest our time in, but I feel confident sharing it with people and, and talking about it in a way that's like, it's informative for us because we're not, I don't know. I, I, we were saying earlier that Corey is very encyclopedic with, with music and, and knows a lot of the stuff, which is obviously why you're, why you're here. Uh, besides being best buds, but yeah, yeah what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you guys but, liked me. <laughs> but it's been uh the former's more important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's been yeah. just learning a lot for me as well, uh going through this process of of listening to people that I didn't know about very well. And I maybe that name sounded familiar to me before, but going through the mm-hmm. journey and understanding the scope of his career and his effect, it just changes your view on music 
a little bit too. And, uh, and I know that it's fun to think about that with directors and movies and, and all that stuff. And that's a little bit more, more tangible. There's something with the producer that it's hard to put your finger on sometimes. And this guy, especially with his life, but it, it comes through in the, the themes and he writes a lot of the songs too. And, uh, the, his ideas do have, have a commonality in what I've already mentioned as far as, uh, unique and simplistic fun pop music that has evolved over the years too, because yeah, the wow, wow to the like, dee, 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 I'm just going to do sounds the like little, you know, guitar, muted guitar stuff. Form. And then, uh, and, and Katy Perry and, um, everything as well. And now it really gets into synth pop. I feel like with, uh, with some of some of the Taylor Swift stuff and then even like her Yeah, let's talk T. Should we get into some some T Swift? Um or is there any other like I mean Katy Perry, there's some of like the more electro dancey songs, like dark like Dark Horse and stuff that gets a little like heavier and and more like clubby. Uh Mm E. T. with Kanye and, and stuff. Um but yeah, that's I mean that's worth mentioning a bit. And yeah, I agree. As far as how the relationship between him and Taylor Swift started, I would imagine she sought him out and wanting to do something different with her sound. Um, yes, correct. Because she was a country star that wanted to become a pop star. It was just gradually more and more becoming more and more pop. And I, he was, had worked yeah, with her as early as Red, I think. Um, she was already a pop star before yeah. she started working with him. But I think um still had the country element mm-hmm. in her songs yeah. and i think once she linked up with him it was like oh she is just a certified pop star now yeah you know? for sure. I-, I believe it was it, red which was- man hooked up in such a massive way holy shit the stuff that they did together was yeah i mean god it's just crazy to think about a whole nother generation being like influenced by max <laughs> like well, I'm not, you know, I when you look at Taylor I'm... Swift, it's kind of like before and after a little bit. Because I, I remember when, because I'm looking at We're Never it's Ever like, Getting Back Together, I think is like yeah, their real first single together that was a big deal on Red. Mm. And I remember yeah. driving around listening to the radio and them dropping that song and, and it just being like a big like, oh, she's not country anymore. <laughs> like, And uh-huh. I know she was always pop, but she at least had the country leanings and, and folk kind of country leanings. And that was such like a big like power pop like uh departure from her song but i feel like i interrupted you Corey. were you gonna say something oh no you're fine i was just gonna say i i'm not super familiar of what like what their first uh collaboration was i just know like roughly what like approximate year i guess it was Mm -hmm. but what was like their first song or album that they worked on together i believe it's red is when he first starts uh producing some of her stuff Oh. And I can go into a little bit more re- research here, but I, I mean, that's when we are never getting back together. And there's a, there's like a few tracks on here. I believe that he did. And then after red, and I knew you were 19- trouble, which are the three. Oh, oh, I, knew you were trouble, yeah. I, I love 22. So fucking much. Really? <laughs> I love that song with really? a passion. Okay. It might be my 22 might be really? my favorite. Oh, wow. let's hear that. Yeah, yeah. Easy, easy. It feels like a perfect <laughs> night. 
This is a catchy song. Some of these lyrics, man. Yeah. This still, this still has a twangy, like uh-huh. country vibe to it, though. This is though. the, this is, I feel like, still transitioning. Mm-hmm. 1989, is, and the one he wins the, the Grammy for. It's more synth poppy. Oh boy, it's <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even those synth uh, synth hits are very. It's creeping in, yeah. Max Martin, and that's that was. Uh, oh. And we were 22 when that came out. Just oh shit, that's true. 2012. Wow, deal. Big old deal. So was that like your theme song when? Uh, oh my year? god, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I don't remember that for some reason. Oh, I know this song. This song's great. I mean, oh, yeah. We were never getting back together. I knew you were trouble in twenty two. Are just incredible pop songs. Yeah, and I, I, they have to take notice that those songs are getting big hits and expanding their her audience and fan base much broader and getting more plays on on different types of places and um past red comes 1989 which is the grammy winning album arguably her her best album i don't know i'm not the biggest swifty but i've been listening to her a lot with max martin and she you know she's come out she just is so prolific and there's a lot of different phases of her career which are interesting because now she's phased out of the max martin stuff more so because after uh reputation not doing super well and then going into and I don't think Lover did super well either. And then yeah, doing Folklore and Evermore was more like, let's get folksy and Evermore-y and hang out with those national boys. Those um, national boys. Yeah, but I'd be definitely have to talk about 1989. Um, this one has just so many, like uh, Blank Space. I, I mean, we can kind of work through some I of think- these, but... I think Blank Space is probably, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan, but this is probably my favorite song of hers. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's the same for me. This one and Style, which is the one, next one on this album are, are my babies. Or actually Mirrorball. Mirrorball is my favorite, and that's not a Max Martin, and that's on Folklore, and I just love that song. Um, but that's Besets and Play. This, I love this song. This is a really, really catchy song. <laughs> yeah. But this is no like where's the guitar? There's this is all just right arena. Well, pop, I mean power pop song. I don't know. Yeah, it was I, my understanding um, of this album was it was her kind of wanting to not only reinvent herself but like pay tribute to the the era that she was born in more or less and like kind of not have the trappings of like acoustic instruments really and max martin is right in that wheel (laughs) and it i think that chorus builds really well it has interesting sonic qualities that are a departure again from her normal sort of sounds and she embraces it in a way that is new and exciting and not as negative as reputation i believe starts to sound where she does she has beef and oh. she's airing it out and stuff but th- but that's what i keep forgetting is 
Bad Blood is on this album. I keep, always think Shake It Off is on this album. <laughs> Shake yeah, It Off is wow. a, a mega hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dumb well, mega speak, hit. Speaking to like that that's darker side that she goes on after this, and I, Max Martin's a big part of Reputation as well. And it's just interesting to talk about these two albums where you see what works really well and what doesn't. I think with sometimes like where it clashes of Max Martin and what the artist is and maybe it doesn't always work as 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 they want but um, yeah I love the song as well we should definitely do Shake It Off but this this chorus is this song is so good yeah so like that pulsing synth man it's so synthy oh, so driving I didn't realize I I also knew this song. Never uh, knew what it was called or anything, but I've heard it. Yeah, it doesn't go out of style. Like I guess the style comes in. But this was huge, and the music oh, yeah. video was also huge. I mean, this is this is kind of a goofy sound, though. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is. I wouldn't say that this song sounds like cool. Those other two songs were were like sleek and cool, and this is just kind of like dumb <laughs> you know but i think that also is like kind of uh goes with what the content of the song is it's like about like it's okay to be dumb it's okay to like be yourself yeah unique yeah, yeah. and and like don't, you don't have to be cool just shake it off you know but it almost is kind of like giving into the pharrell production it is. side it is because yeah. this almost sounds it like totally a, this could be like a pharrell song as well where it's like that simple kind of yeah. I well, like, I almost, I almost like put single, this all the single and, ladies. I don't know, like not seeing the song, same, but just that simple sort of percussion was singing on top. I would put this and and Happy by Pharrell in the same boat, where it's right. like, very much exactly. so. Yeah. Mass mass appeal because it it is catchy at the end of the day, but just kind of like not much there to keep coming yeah. back to really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but at the heart of it, and I why it's so incredibly popular because it's just so overwhelming positive that's yeah. all you know because yeah. there that's always something that pop music has a tendency to be like really cool and very sleek and which can be like you know in order like coolness kind of comes with not being positive and like not caring mm-hmm. and something that's overwhelmingly positive could come off as like uncool or tryhardy but yeah. uh, fundamentally people are like oh love it though <laughs> like of course you do you love hearing a positive yeah 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 and that's yeah, that's tricky to do in, in in a way that makes it interesting within the variation of the song and having those either darker refrains or having like bridges that, that make it interesting and, and finding those those hooks that make you want to come back. Uh and I yeah, I mean I it's it's uh the singles are Shake It Off, Blank Space, Bad Blood, Wildest Dreams, Style, New Romantics. Um, that's a lot of fucking singles. Oh, is that all? <laughs> that's a lot of fucking singles. And he, this is like, this is one that we have to talk about because he's really all over this record. And I'm not yeah. sure when Antonov comes into the picture either. He might be, uh, this one or he's coming up. Antonov is, <laughs> he's is starting to he's getting come there. up, and that's and that's kind of her her main guy now is or her main producer, um, now. And it's but this is the mixture of both of them, which is cool. Having seeing her transitions seeing her come to him with a certain sound and him just delivering fucking delivering <laughs> dude and and bringing her into the next phase of her career 
is above and beyond what a producer can and should do. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, and I guess that's, if you are going to give any, any criticism, maybe this, re this reputation song or album didn't hit as hard as the one before, but there's still good stuff on it. I mean, look, look what made you made me do is I mean, maybe we can just check it out for a second. It's not really Taylor Swift's style necessarily, but it's not a bad song. She's got a song with Ed Sheeran and future, you know, it's just like, a. It's a little bit of her lending herself to. But it's, then that, it's, it's, it's she's falling into the. But she trap. loses herself a little bit, you know. Like, yeah, totally. That's a great way to describe it too. Do we? How much of that do we attribute to Max Martin, though, or is that uh -huh. just kind of was she in an odd place in her career? Maybe it's got to be hard to like keep going up after you hit the stratosphere, you know. I think you put it perfectly. Yeah, where this is due to come this back is down her, to earth. Her coming to Max Martin with a concept and him delivering again on what she wanted, but maybe it just didn't. Maybe the people just didn't connect with it. Yeah, because this is more. I, I just think it darker. might be. Yeah, and maybe it's, it's like just toxic. like kind of not a fully understanding on Max's part about like, like how to incorporate other like trends and music. Into yeah. his own stuff and maybe yeah just maybe not being as successful not a bad song though yeah. uh, I could see why this would like Swifty's best yeah I could see why that would turn off some of her like mm -hmm. day one fans or whatever but yeah and there's a lot of the Kanye drama and, and stuff um, mm -hmm. I don't know how much that, that played a part either but that's yeah that's not as much talking about Max Martin but through her career, it's interesting how he how he uh, came in at that middle section of her of her career and transitioned her in in a way and and provided a lot of these big songs that I'm sure she plays every single night at her midnight yeah. tour that she's on right now, um, and uh, really defined her career. But then also got to a point where she moved on and is now doing a different thing. Uh, so yeah, definitely worth mentioning. And I think from here on out it is uh as far as albums go it's really do you guys want to talk about the weekend i, don't I was we, gonna say we, weekend would we probably can, be the outro little, for little, us yeah, right yeah, we could we can we end can, on the weekend because yeah, we kind can do of some like uh honorary where we're at currently. Of like uh the I, I listened to that newest coldplay album for the hell of it because he's really like a integral part of that album and he's all over it but you know, it, it is, it is what it is. And I used, I used to be a bigger Coldplay fan and, and everything on like parachutes through X and Y and, and even I think Viva La Vida, whatever, like that album. Uh, but looking back, I on wonder, it, yeah. I wonder what, and it um, seems like a recreation of their, I don't really know a lot of their stuff leading into this, but it seems like a, a new sound for them as well that Max Martin is giving them. Yeah. I so, wonder how that was for him to work with like an actual band after working with like mm -hmm. solo artists and, and I guess boy bands and stuff for the majority of his career, but he had roots in, in a band as a youngster. So I wonder what that was like, you know, coming back into that. It, yeah. I wonder if it was difficult for him because he's such a perfectionist where he's really so like, a used part to of everything yeah right. know, and being in control that having all of these like you know Musician. musical musicians in there would yeah tough i don't know 
My yeah, my yeah, that's is that the them as a band seem more collaborative and seeking they do and seeking yeah. a change in their sound, and that again is like such nice guys. Just, <laughs> just my theory or something like with Taylor Swift as well, where they're seeking out a new sound, and so they're coming to him with we need direction, yeah, give their, us something, and then, on and, then, and then he can be like, well, this is the direction I think you can go. And yeah, like Selena Gomez and like BTS are on on this album, and uh, they're just trying different stuff and they're he's the perfect guy to, to go to uh to do that and uh yeah ariana grande like we have to mention thank you next that was a huge fucking deal uh he yeah. was all over that fucking album and that was all over the place when it hit it hit really big um and that like as far as pop culture goes and, and everything and who is she gonna go to make this album that's about her life about her her love life and all this stuff like he's the guy to go to to make it uh to make it happen and break up with your girlfriend on board is a fucking banger too i like that song a lot um yeah i just wanted to mention yeah. those I, I feel like that's that's good i let me take a look at this top 100 again because it's just like so so much oh man um yeah. uh can't stop the feeling by justin timberlake on the troll soundtrack i think that was uh <laughs> A big money maker. It's like you gotta mention it, yeah, that kind of like stuff. Kids though, love that song. I've heard like parent uh, friends uh, that are parents being like, "I put that song on and my kid like loses their mind over it." And so yeah, it's just because it, uh, he just fundamentally makes music. Yeah, that and even like the My Universe like, Coldplay and BTS song is his most recent top 100 single. So I mean, it like he made that album a big deal to people. Like people like. The main song, maybe it's just a lot of the K-pop fans too. Probably helps helps a bit. Having BTS, I know that's that big, whole that's a big yeah. Collab. That's, that's a that's the BTS bump. Right when, there. Is that is going to be his next move? Is he just going to start producing K-pop al- albums? I don't know. That he could he could probably make make some. That would uh, be an interesting for us to do. I don't know if there's more of like a K-pop if there producer. is a, a a producer that's really like making all of you know by and large like you know Blackpink and BTS stuff mm-hmm. i wonder yeah i'm curious because, or like the yeah the i feel like it's like a factory like motown or something too I, um, yeah, yeah could be but uh uh-huh. yeah so let's let's talk a little about a little bit about weekend on our way out here um yeah. i just think it's yeah. it's cool uh the two like was it after hours and um what's the one after? On don, Star- don fm right he's on all, the last three of his records i think starboy as well yeah i mean he's they're that's just the perfect pairing those two together we're talking about synth pop we're talking about 80s inspired stuff and yeah. that's like yeah. apparently and we can just announce that after Such hours and dawn fm are a, are two parts of a trilogy so his third one's going to be coming out soon so it really is conceptual in a lot of ways of yeah like after hours getting whatever the car crash stuff and then hit dawn fm is a trip i mean and all the jim carrey stuff I like love it i've been it's <laughs> kind of been the most one of the more enjoyable parts of getting into yeah. new, trying to find new stuff to get into with Max Martin. Cause again, I mentioned at the beginning, it's like, Oh, we kind of know a lot of this stuff, but what let's check out some albums like 1989 and Don FM and, and after hours uh, and you know, Starboy's Starboy's good too, but Don FM I've, that's probably been the one I've, I've listened to like the most that I didn't listen to as, as much before. Um, and it's got just like a really cool, uh i'm just gonna go straight to weekend really cool like concept with the the radio station and jim carrey speaking Mm -hmm. throughout and then it i think it really contributes 
to the songs being this nostalgic, weird 80, 80s sort of thing. Um, is, I, would this, is this his newest album? I'm completely unfamiliar with this. Uh -huh, yeah. Is it like a concept album or? No, I'd say is. so, yeah. Even like, yeah, uh, and absolutely. he, he didn't announce like that. Skits. And someone had criticized him, I forget who, that it was a ripoff of Thriller. Um, but <laughs> he was saying it's his own like trilogy thing. Of, I fucking love this song. I, this is just a personal favorite that I've I found. Right, that this synth in this song, like, ooh, I know this ooh. is. The, it makes me feel like I'm in a Sonic the Hedgehog like water level. <laughs> yeah, or like Echo the Dolphin. Yeah. Yeah, this is immaculate. Yeah, right. This, this has been on repeat for me. Um. Take, I mean, take my breath is on this one. Oh, jeez. Too good. What? What a song. Yeah, let's listen to this one. This is like, what are the what are the numbies on this song? I feel like. Oh, even even I know this one. <laughs> Yeah. That's, how you know. that's how you know. Yeah. He did the Super Bowl. I mean, that's, yeah. Everyone. Mm hmm. And that was after this album. Look at I feel like he had a blast making this. I don't know why I feel like that, but I just feel like this is exactly what he was made to do. <laughs> Max Martin. <laughs> like this, this 80s yeah. synth pop thing. Like, I, I just. Him and we can probably just like yes we we got it. Best-selling global single in 2020, earning 2.72 billion streams in one year. Uh, Holy shit! Making he, it he the had that big surprise at like Coachella. I feel like he he kind of blew people's minds that for like a live show. People didn't expect it to be as, as big as it, as it was, but I don't know how, how big that affects everything. But, um, Whoa! This song became the most streamed song of all time on the platform for Spotify. This song? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Good lord. <laughs> That's like yeah. This. I was I was just getting. That's I, mean, I mean, wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, holy fuck. <laughs> Before this segment, I was about to just be like, well, yeah, it sounds like Max Martin kind of petered off a little bit. <laughs> no, he didn't. No. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Back with a vengeance. <laughs> yeah, I highly recommend the Don FM album. And it's, yeah, just Jim Carrey will just be showing up randomly throughout and just talk, talk to you for a bit. That's, that's fun. It's interesting, yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's been our conversation on, on Max Martin. Um, should I read through all his hot 100 number one singles real quick? Yeah. Yeah. yeah please, just do like please. a rapid fire, like, cause I just yes. want to hear him. Oh, okay. I know this is, yeah, this is like ASMR. All right, here we go. <laughs> just hearing James say the name. <laughs> just Max Martin singles being told. In a way. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's, that's what I'm going to It'll take three hours now um because yeah. there's so many all right 
All right, here we go. 1998, Baby One More Time by Britney Spears. 2000, It's Gonna Be Me by NSYNC. 2008, I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry. 2008, So What by Pink. 2009, My Life Would Suck Without You by Kelly Clarkson. 2009, Three by Britney Spears. 2010, California Girls by Katy Perry featuring Snoop Dogg. 2010, Teenage Dream by Katy Perry. 2010, Raise Your Glass by Pink. 2011, Hold It Against Me by Britney Spears. 2011, E.T. by Katy Perry featuring Kanye West. 2011, Last Friday Night, TGIF in parentheses by Katy Perry. Uh, 2012, Part of Me by Katy Perry. 2012, One More Night by Maroon 5, someone we didn't even mention. Uh, 2012, We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together by T. Swift. 2013, Roar by Katy Perry. 2013, Dark Horse by Katy Perry featuring Juicy J. 2014, Shake It Off by Taylor... Taylor Swift, 2014, Blank Space by Taylor Swift. 2015, Bad Blood by Taylor Swift featuring Kendrick Lamar. One Kendrick Lamar. 2015, Can't Feel My Face by The Weeknd. Can't, uh, 2016, Can't Stop the Feeling by Justin Timberlake. You just can't feel my face and you just can't stop the feeling. 2019. He's bl- feeling something. Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. 2021, Save Your Tears by The Weeknd and Ariana Grande. It's a great song. 2021 my universe by coldplay and bts and that's our guy max martin uh what a fucking legend um this has been uh if we didn't cover max martin in this podcast at some point what would we be doing um and one of us at that what would we be doing if we didn't cover our next uh producer for our next episode which will be jimmy iovine uh which will be fuck yeah there we go get him pumped yeah um he's a i mean he's he's a big deal big fucking deal that's that's i mean what else can you say yeah he's he's a big fucking deal um you'll you'll find out about him next episode please uh check him out in the meantime i know we will i know we've enjoyed our conversation here thank you so much guys for for joining me on this journey uh, this podcast has, has been a lot of fun. And like I said earlier, it's, um, just encouraged me to think about music in a different way and be knowledgeable about it in, uh, another, uh, like a whole broader scope. And I've appreciated it. Max Martin will always be someone I think about when I hear these songs. Um, yep. and that's just a deeper appreciation for another person that had, had a big part of it. Even thinking about, yeah, even writer strike and all this is a whole nother topic. But yeah, you're just thinking about how many people it takes, you know, and respecting yeah. that every every side of it. Um, and giving it up for for those people. Uh any final words on Max Martin, guys? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> I love his music. I kind of so like much. was closing out a bit. Maybe Yeah, you didn't know. Yeah, yeah that was that was well that was said. Perfect. Um, yeah. Because I know I, we talked I, about in like last episodes of like how we would match them up against other producers yeah maybe this yeah. is a little epilogue but oh, uh-huh. uh you know like him he seems just yeah so affable and easy to work with and not as uh exacting on on the surface and um someone that has had long relationships with the people that he has worked with which i think is a great sign um so it's it's uh different in that He's pretty different than I think the past couple of people we've talked about. I yeah. think I think one thing that just I would like a say straight that producer, man, like just fucking mm-hmm. de- de- defining the art form. Yeah. 
I think one thing I would say that compared to the three that we've done already, he has the kind of mystique factor almost because mm. so little is known about him. And I guess you could say that a bit about Todd Rundgren. Um, oh. Not not much about Diplo or Barry Gordy. They were pretty public Barry. figures, but um, Todd Rundgren was a pretty household name for a while there in the 70s and mm. 80s. But yeah, man. I mean, this guy is truly like just behind the scenes pretty much. And like you said, there's no one alive that wouldn't know at least one of those songs Absolutely. that he's worked on. If you haven't been living under a rock for the last 20 years, then you have heard a Max Martin song. But I just saw his face for the first time while researching him. You know, well, like Carl I, Sandberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah Carl Sandberg. <laughs> Quacks Martin, as I like he's to call him. He's a cool him. looking dude. I, yeah, yeah. I, I dig oh, his vibe. It's, it's, it's always like his outfit is very minimal. It is. It's very yeah. contemporary, and he's, he's dressed the, well, the but it isn't craft flashy work. or anything. He's got it's the very just you know. craftwork uniform. Yeah. It's all black and with white sneakers. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, craftwork isn't even a bad comp as far as like personality wise. You know, like mm -hmm. the the mystique that I was mentioning, or even almost like Daft Punk in a way of like just you know everyone knows and respects what they're able to do, but do we really know the the person, not not so much, you know. The the product speaks for itself, and yeah, mm -hmm. he's just taking a bow in the behind the curtains, you know. It's really impressive for a guy that defined the age of social media to not have so little yeah. known about yeah. him. It just That's it, a conscious yeah. choice there. It has right. to be very just yeah, very purposeful. Mm -hmm. It's almost as if he's like avoiding me, like because at this point it'd be it'd be hard. It's just hey, maybe it, it is just like hang out in Sweden, it'd be good. Maybe that's the secret to his longevity and his effectiveness is not. I agree totally. I agree because because all of that stuff is a detractor, really. Sure, you could potentially make the argument that it will bolster you in certain ways because you're part of the conversation for better or for worse, but like. When it comes to really the longevity of it, yeah, I totally agree that being not not like removing your ego out of it, needing to get in front of things, be a you know, yeah, yeah, I don't, it's yeah. so awesome. I I respect the fuck out of this guy. Absolutely, Me too. Yeah. yeah, cool to be on on the same page. And yeah, I mean, I I'm trying to think because we have been just lauding him so much. If if there were any criticisms, like the. <laughs> You almost, I guess you just say it's like overproduced or something like that. But even yeah, then it's like, yeah. you know, I mean, he's what, not, it's a pop maybe music. Not, what do you want? Yeah. He's maybe not the most like versatile guy. If you think of like yeah. Rundgren, for instance, doing all kinds of different styles and bringing them together. I mean, Max Martin has a pretty distinct style mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe wouldn't be able to translate that to other genres necessarily, but right why you know yeah name broke, I, so don't fix it yeah right i i think some of the so times think... that he he's not successful is when he tries to incorporate certain elements of like r&b and hip-hop music into his stuff i That's think it, it, it's kind of like sometimes it works but i yeah, i would honestly say That's yeah. i would say a majority of the time it's not great because it's just it's one of those things where and i feel like he's even talked about it in the uh, few interviews he's done is like he know he like 
he sees how popular stuff is and he loves music and he loves the trends that music goes on. And he's such a student of that. Mm-hmm. And um, he obviously would, you know, it's like, well, everybody loves this. So I want to try to incorporate it. And yeah, I just, I don't think it's always effective or always because he just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Well, I'm glad we, uh, we went on this journey once again. It was so much fun. I would listen to. I've been listening to this playlist for since Dude, since Barry too. Gordy, and it's just like <laughs> yeah, so much a part of me. Same with like a lot of Motown stuff and and Rundgren, like defined a point in my life. And it's so cool that I'll be able to look back on this point in my life when you know I got married and stuff like that. Oh, and I'm like, oh, that was the yeah. time when I was like, Dude, listening yeah. to Max Martin. So there's there's even some of these songs, yeah, That's that bad. are. Not only memories of when I was a child, but new memories now of me, me, a man. I'm a big boy now. And uh, me, a man, 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 me, a me, a man. That's I, uh, I, I, I want to listen to that. Uh, who is that good? I see. And I was like the oh. in Mulan, I want to listen to it. And I was like, oh, which version should I check out? And there's the Christina Aguilera and the original, and I got they're both great. But I, yeah, that yeah. original is so good that the singer, what's her name? I think she's a Little Mermaid as well. She's got such an amazing voice. Oh, Jody um, Benson. Is that? Oh. Like, thank you. Okay. Yeah. And I'm totally okay ending the episode on that. But I just had to say, <laughs> it's a it's a great song. Should I just end that? That's yep. the final song. We've and, talk to you later. <laughs> and we also like these other two songs. <laughs> We talk about other things we like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Oh yeah, guys. I got yeah, we gotta go out on on a little little bit of tunes, but um thank you, thank you again, everyone. Uh check us out on um I don't know. Do we have we have an email? Fuck. I don't know anymore. Like we're we're pretty new. We'll we'll figure it out. For now we just we we appreciate you guys. Just enjoy it. Go check out some like and review us on on the on the stuff. Yeah. Just do that. You don't need you know just do that. You don't need to send us any emails. (laughs) Yeah, we don't (laughs) You'll hear from us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We'll send you emails. (laughs) Yeah. We'll have our people. All your people. Thank you. Next. Thank you. Next episode. Yep. Yeah.